G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. This is Andrew McLennan with breaking news out of Israel and the Middle East. Welcome, Ron. Thank you, Andrew. Ron, the Israel parliament is in their summer recess, but the Prime Minister Netanyahu says it's a good time for an internal review. Yeah, the government will take advantage of the summer recess in order to reach agreements, Netanyahu said ahead of the cabinet meeting. The Prime Minister's remarks came after a number of Likud ministers and Knesset members expressed their resolve over the weekend to pass any additional judicial reform legislation in future with broad consensus and agreement with the opposition. The Likud in a statement on Saturday night said, there's no rebellion in Likud. Everyone wants to come to an agreement and you have to make an effort to do that, but without giving veto to the other side. And Ron, what's happening on the ground with the average Israeli? Would you say there is a groundswell of support behind these protests or is it just a faction or a certain segment of society that's really pushing back against these reforms? Well, behind the scenes, the problem is that the government in the United States is left-wing. The opposition in Israel is left-wing. And the Biden administration is supporting the opposition in Israel and thereby creating turbulence for the right-wing government. There's been talk of a civil war in Israel, but the, this, that report came out this week saying they would do everything for that not to happen. So is the reporting coming out of Israel now saying there's a possible civil war brewing, exaggerated reporting from the mainstream media? Well, it's a real concern at the moment because of the amount of people on the street protesting. But they're all drawn onto the street by the excessive media coverage, which is not sympathetic to Netanyahu. So it's a pushback against a conservative government. And moving on from that, Israel armed forces are preparing for possible clashes with Hezbollah. Yeah, Defence Minister Gallant has pre-approved several options for IDF action against Hezbollah and raised the alert level along the entire northern border. Hezbollah chief Hassan Nasrallah recently made speeches claiming that Israel is disintegrating from within due to the split in the nation over judicial reform, including within Israel's armed forces. As part of a show of IDF preparedness, the Shimshon Battalion, which patrols the sector in which Hezbollah has been most active, conducted a drill just a few days ago to test the operational readiness and response times of the regular army forces, manning positions and outposts along the border in the event of an intrusion into Israeli territory. So it looks like Israel's enemies are seeing this division within their society as an opportunity to try and leverage and flex their muscles against Israel. Yes, and of course Hezbollah is the, the arm of Iran, and uh, we're always on high alert for that. And the White House is involved in pushing for a Saudi-Israel normalisation, but the price is high. Yeah, representatives of the White House, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and Mideast Coordinator Brett McCurk have been travelling back and forth 
between Washington and Jeddah in Saudi Arabia on behalf of President Biden. In Saudi Arabia, the reigning Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, currently Prime Minister and de facto leader of the country, hosted Sullivan twice in the kingdom in recent months. But the reason is not necessarily Washington's desire for normalization between Saudi Arabia and Israel or Riyadh's hopes to save the dream of a two-state solution. What the U.S. really wants is a complete severance of the growing ties between Saudi Arabia and China and between the Saudis and the Iranians. Washington may need to pay a very high price for this. And also Israel could be looking at restrictions on their negotiations with the Palestinians. What sort of price do you think Washington will have to pay, Ron, in order to get this over the line? Well, they're talking about a NATO-like mutual security for Riyadh in a treaty that would obligate the US to come to their aid if attacked, and also an explicit agreement for a civilian nuclear program monitored and backed by the US and the ability to purchase more advanced weapons from Washington. Okay, and also in another part of the Middle East, the Russia-Ukraine war is creating crisis in Egypt. Yeah, after 500 days of coping with the debilitating economic impact of Russia's February 2022 invasion of Ukraine, Egypt's economy is in trouble. In June 2023, Egypt's annual inflation rate hit an alarming record high of 36.8%, more than two and a half the times of the 13.6% of the year before. If inflation keeps climbing at its current pace, the Middle East's most populous nation will enter a state of hyperinflation by the year's end. As a previous Middle East publication warned, at the time of Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine, the Russian-Ukraine war has turned Egypt's food crisis into an existential threat to the economy. After all, they have to feed 105 million people. Ron, can you explain to our listeners, how does a conflict between the Ukraine and Russia have such a devastating impact upon Egypt and its economy? What are the ties there between Egypt and Russia and the Ukraine? Well, Egypt is very closely connected with Ukraine for its grain. It imports its grain from the Ukraine. And right now it's had to take a $3 billion loan from the International Monetary Fund, and they're trying to rearrange distribution from Ukraine resources through Europe to Egypt, but it's proving very difficult. Not good. And the old city of Jerusalem gets its first ever swimming pool. Yeah, after four years of excavation, archaeological preservation, extensive engineering work and construction, and just in time for the sweltering heat wave, now baking Jerusalem, an indoor swimming pool measuring 16 by 8 metres was inaugurated on July the 3rd at the Terra Sancta School in the old city's Christian Quarter. Ibrahim Faltus, vicar of the complex, said anyone who has visited the old city surely knows how impossible it is to build a swimming pool because of the narrow alleys and the proximity of housing. But the custody of the Holy Land didn't let that stop them. They dug down about 15 metres to allow the construction of the centre. It was a nightmare, he said, sometimes a mix of fantasy and madness. Excavation was not always easy, since the area is an archaeological zone, remains of a well and a church, 
dating back to Byzantine times, were found during the work. I'm sure that was an interesting adventure for them. They were probably half expecting to find some very, very important, valuable artefacts during that dig. 15 metres is quite deep. Well, they did find a lot of artefacts, and with the pool, they've opened a museum to show what they found. Fascinating. And the Jerusalem Post is reporting Israel fashion success in Sydney. Yes, I, I thought this would tickle our fancy. The Bauhaus Museum in Sydney was a buzz, they said, last week at the International Fashion Festival, known as Fabrics of Multicultural Australia, unfolded. Israel proudly participated as a guest country alongside Fiji, El Salvador and Morocco, showcasing the creative talents of its designers. In collaboration with the festival, the Israeli Embassy in Canberra, together with the renowned Israeli fashion house Holy Land Civilians, presented a stunning clothing collection by Israel designers Anat Meshulam and Dorshin, both graduates of the esteemed Shinkar School. So there you go, we're acknowledging the Israeli fashion even here in Australia. It's good to see. Well, Ron, thank you for the update out of Israel and the Middle East. Heaps happening there and looking forward to the update again next week. And let's hope and pray for peace in Israel. Absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.